and then it, it just, just go oh straight see just like that we're live good everybody what's up cool. it's Rebecca. welcome to Rebecca live uh oh i've been pretty pretty hyped for this one how are you my friend i am very very good are how you trying, are you you look i can see you're, to share. you're like apple apple r in refriend uh, i'm in, just in, i quit it's done I've, i'm just I've, gonna do one thing i'll concentrate on you no no that's <laughs> right I've, I've just put you yeah, here we go i know i need to put the the titles and uh how i've just got you a social media og uh does oh, uh, intru- introduce yourself to to my mum and her two neighbors that are watching <laughs> hi robert's mum <laughs> and dos vecinos yeah. uh my name is cassie roma um a few people in the the market know me as a social media og um more or less now a founder director and entrepreneur um always choosing the right time to jump into shit. Like let's just quit corporate life after 20 years, three days before we have a global pandemic. Oh, um, like the timing is so gnarly. Like, oh yeah, yeah. How's that six figure seller going? Oh yeah, I mean, well I said no to that and I'm doing this thing yeah, and then, uh, it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> We're good. We're fine. Um, yeah. So uh, storyteller, brand strategist, creative soul, and just absolute believer in kindness. Yeah. Kind of hashtag kindness warrior. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. How, where are you? What's going on? Obviously, obviously we're friends. And I know where you're at and what, what's going on. But for those who don't know, where are you at and what's going on? So I am quite literally sitting on the floor down in our basement because that's where I have been sent uh, while my <laughs> wife works upstairs and my child is doing her schooling in the kitchen. Uh, so Auckland, New Zealand, uh, this accent obviously gives away that I'm not originally from here, but I've been in New Zealand 18 years now. Um, we're doing well. It's a it's a rainy, blustery, windy day outside, and so it's a great day to just like Janine in your last live stream. I put on makeup for you, man. Got dressed. Oh, th- thanks so much, yeah. Cassie. Oh, that's two, two for two with the, with the makeup. Um, man, we've actually got quite a lot to get through because I'm I'm keen to talk content, media, brand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comms, uh, tone deafness with certain things, opportunity for others, and a bunch where do you want to, where do you want to start what's what's okay maybe this way what's what's most on your mind that you think needs attention the oof, it's a big one i guess if i go straight with my gut and kind of like a, a heaviness i've been feeling in the last four or five weeks it was as i could see the coronavirus pandemic moving through the world and i saw it heading towards new zealand as a content marketing um specialist is something that I've done for many years. What I knew was going to happen is we were going to be inundated as human beings with a glut of reckons and opinions and experts with zero experience. No, no, no ex- experts that potentially yeah. just won by default because they had the platform, not actually the science or comments is behind it. But please continue because I think there's a great place to start. <laughs> or even, you know, and God bless everybody for trying. Um, I myself am you know, I might think I'm an expert at something, but it doesn't mean you have to listen to my reckons. So a lot of, I guess, where we are right now and the feeling I'm feeling is that we are overwhelmed and oversaturated by the opinions of people who aren't experts. And that might be experts in science, experts in government, experts in, in community operations. And so what I've been trying to do is share my platforms with the people who are experts and to uh, kind of put myself in the background but I'm being overwhelmed by people who aren't doing that. And it's frustrating. And I think you said, what did you say there um, about reading the room and maybe yeah. <laughs> understanding where we are? 
and and like yeah. we're on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're at the we're at the bottom. We might have been at the top of that with like self actualization, man, and being woke, but we're at the bottom now. We are survival. We are we need more than just toilet paper. We need to eat. Uh, we need to make sure we're safe, healthy, physically, and then emotionally. So brands and people who've been shouting up here at the top uh, aren't reading the room correctly right now. I don't believe. Yeah, I, I, there was some some kickback that I, I had because I would put up on social. I'd said, um, you know, uh, like it's been pretty uh, dis disappointing to see a bunch of brands just being totally tone deaf to the actual time right now yeah. and the amount of different LinkedIn messages and Facebook ads that were popping up. And I don't want to name and shame a whole bunch of them, but then someone's like, what? Like someone's like, oh, you're just trying to get out there and survive. I was like, no, no, okay. The context is there's a time to build brand and, and, and add value and talk through potential things which are relevant to the moment opposed to bombarding a copy paste thing with to, to try and make it feel like this thinly veiled thing of care when you're trying to directly um, exploit with no actual kind of like tangible love to what people are actually feeling so my my, my beef was more not necessarily that it was content my beef was that yeah. there, there wasn't context or, or actual thought behind what was actually happening that was my that was what, what i was trying to say but yeah and that's been happening for me this this time has been super illuminating because I've felt like a lot of the time in the last probably decade of my career that I've been this lone kind of wolf or crazy scientist sitting in the corner going, we have to stop shouting. More, more, more isn't better, better, better. And I think right now exactly what you just said is that brands are doing their more, more, more push, push. And with the context of the time we're living in, which is basic fucking survival, people aren't gonna let that go anymore. They're not just gonna not see it and push it to the side. They're gonna go, I really don't like your brand now. I, you know, there was a few big brands here in New Zealand who made some missteps um, and I really wanted to comment on it, but that wasn't gonna help the people there either. But you could just see people scared. You could see the marketers afraid. You could see the retail businesses just trying to grasp what they could instead of going, we're gonna put profit to the side right now and we're gonna see where we can help. Um, Again, I heard you talking to Janine and she was talking about value, adding value back to people. Now's the time to help. If you're a business or a person or a brand and what you're putting into the world doesn't help, don't put it into the world. But the sim simple little pivots and, and genuine act because the byproduct when you have that passion and care up front always works to, to brand and it might not be tangible to start with but even just one yesterday 100 percent. mike bennett um ceo flipping good bastard ceo of, of uh, yeah. z energy he was like all right any like ambulance and shit you just get free gas for the month just do you man just keep keep doing it. and i was just like yeah that, that's thought that's care that's tangible thing i'm like shit yeah not the fact that he like because perfect example he was the same dude when i did my national top, uh, top to bottom um uh tour in a, in a camper van he was like dude i love the mission man flipping here's a bunch of free like gas vouchers just do your thing and Amazing. i was like shit yeah you know it's those are the like i have more love for that brand that was that was more authentic for those which you know was just a decision of just like yep boom do that then that, yeah a fancy push push campaign to with some voiceover with some flipping b-roll that's been bought off for flipping some shit talking about you know like it just felt it felt yeah. more depth like it was real it felt more authentic. it's human it's human yeah. and i think we're starting to see the leaders, especially in this market where that is rising to the top. Um, I don't know, do you know Cam Wallace from Air New Zealand? Not personally, but I believe that we, he might be on the show. And is he the chief uh, revenue guy? Yeah. Yep. He so is Cam, Cam is one of the coolest, nicest dudes. He is silly, he's funny, but he's 
bloody good at what he does. And I worked a lot with him when I was at Air New Zealand Ah, and we used to just sit around and shoot the shit. Um, He taught me a lot about leadership and the kind of leader I wanted to be versus, you know, you see some leaders and you're like, that is not what I want to be. I was like, Cam's, Cam's the real deal. He'll sit and he'll talk with you and he'll banter and he'll take the piss, but he'll also give you respect. I have seen Cam grow so much through this. And I've, I've, you could see on tweets, I'm like, dude, I am so proud of you, Cam. I am so proud. But what he's doing is he's being authentic to himself and caring for the humans that work for him by being super honest with his communications. So following Cam on Twitter was how I was able to help my mom when she was like, how do I cancel my flights? Cause she was supposed to be here in New Zealand right now. What do I do? Who do I call? What do I talk to? What's happening in the market? And Cam was very calm and kind and concise with that. So I thought Cam did a great job. Um, so having yeah. him on the show will be awesome. Yeah, um, Jason uh, Paris, CEO of Vodafone, he uh, introduced us and wanted him to be on. And so obviously they're, they're yeah. homies from whatever. So he's he's in the mix as well, which would be rare. But I think it's it comes to that point of, you know, like leading leading with love. Yeah. How do you do that? What does that look like? How does that translate into the real world? And then also, and, I think it's yeah, but it's becoming this filter that's actually exposing bad leaders, and it's creating tribes around the good. And I think it's also exposing, from a really positive and optimistic standpoint, the leaders who are confident in their knowledge and competent in the their ability to make really quick decisions and to go we're going to make this decision right now. We know it's not going to be a hundred percent right, but we need to make this either for survival to take care of our people or whatever it is. We need to do this now. And because I've been leading for so long with heart, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, Kiwi bank CEO, uh, Steve, Steve. I think it's, so he's, he's oh, yeah, Yukovic. yeah, he's my bro. Yeah. He's such a good bastard. So he's going to be on yeah. uh, next week, I think as well. Yeah. So yeah. we, um, yeah, but yeah, go, go. Why are you messing with him? Oh, Steve. Um, so my wife works for Kiwi Bank and Steve from the first day she started working there was just a bro to her. He was kind, but you can see through the comms that he's putting out through social and everything else. They're his words. Totally. They're with, they're imbued. Like, yeah, they're imbued with heart and feeling and love. And he put a, he put a post out on LinkedIn maybe two or three days ago. I don't know if you saw it. And he was basically like, guys, stop shouting about how awesome you are. Exactly what we just talked about. Tone deaf, read the room. And he was like this, I don't think his exact words were, this is a shit show, but he basically was like, we're going through hard shit right now. So let's just calm it down and bring it back to humanity. And people lost their shit. And I was like, totally. He's a dude. He is yeah. a dude. So yeah, okay. I'll, I'll have to introduce it. He is a flipping G. He's he's a good yeah. dude, man. Um, but no, it's it's, it's 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 moments like this where those leaders shine through with how they decide to to act into it. Now, there's also the secondary yeah. layer, which I've been made aware of um, very recently, which is um, I got hit up by a certain person talking about um, someone else that, that should should be on the show. Basically, I'd been hit up from a PR company um, repping for one of the businesses, blah, blah, blah. nothing against PR companies doing their job. The issue was, you know, I talked to my friend about it. I said, oh, you know, so-and-so's trying to be on the show, blah, blah. And he goes, you know why, right? I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm talking to all the homies, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, no, no. They're, that person specifically, because I guess they knew context, is wanting to um, publicly flex to show the leadership to tick the boxes mm-hmm. that this is their moment of how they're actually doing it. And so it's actually a PR stunt for those maybe that are driven potentially with not the best of intent, but to then ex- yeah. externally flex with how much of a great leader through the hard times they are because this is going to be a great um 
you know, a strategic positioning move in their play. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? He's like, well, why do you think the PR company reached out? Why do you think it wasn't them if you already missed blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh, wait a second. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and then, so that's been one of the things I've seen too. So unfortunately for some, I guess they're using maybe for their own, you know, political corporate agendas, whatever. And then in some of the times you yeah. see like, you know, the good, the good humans that just, that are leading it the right way, but you can tell because the context is there, right? That's right. And I think also there's, there's, well, especially for people like you and people like me, we know each other, we're friends. And so if you vouched for somebody, I'd be like, cool. It's like good said that person. It, that's good right. Fellas. It's like <laughs> good fellows, good gals, like we're all in this together. If you vouch for that person, I'm cool with that. Um, the second you start to see anything that even smells a little bit disingenuous, for me, that puts me off completely. And once people break that trust, for me, it's very hard to build that back up. Your stuff, um, though. And this is what maybe what's maybe good or bad about New Zealand to that same point is because it's so interweaved and connected. As soon as you've been messing around for like five years, everyone knows everyone's yeah, done up? yeah everyone knows what's up yeah. there's always going to be that sort of cred check in the background so so back to the the corona piece with marketing in particular you've got a very um high level strategic skill set in, in mind when it comes to brand storytelling marketing and and the way of social and everything what's been the the best thing that you've seen come out of this in terms of um maybe tech or use of content or opportunities that that brands from a storytelling perspective potentially haven't had before you know, I think the best thing I've seen throughout all of this, and I've been, it's weird, I can be very cynical with marketing. I think after 20 years in the business, you start to, to see right through what people are doing and how they're doing it. The best use of marketing that I've seen has been actually from the government, and it's been the Unite Against COVID, right? And it's been that campaign because what you talked about context is exactly what's happened from the minute the government started to say, okay, we're going into lockdown. They went straight into very contextual and very simple and succinct calls to action that were all around this word unite, unite against COVID. We're in this together. And it was like, okay, here's what level three means. Here's what level four means. Every night they've used traditional media. They've used out of home. They've used digital media and lots and lots of social media. So they have taken traditional emerging and popular channels and they've made the information relevant, sometimes by the hour, most of the time by the day. And it has caused this country to pull together. Whereas what I've seen in the United States was they had the hashtag originally, I don't know if you saw this cause you were there, but the hashtag was alone together. Like, sorry, you're alone in this. We're all fucked, but hey, we're together in our aloneness. I see that the government in the States has changed that in the last few weeks, but it was like to hear somebody on a podcast go like, we are alone together you're like no 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 yeah. unite the word united is in united states come on guys so that's been quite magical to see that and to watch brands align with that and to push those messages things like you just said about zed energy paying for ambulances and their gas they're you know having the petrol paid for little moments of magic have been used really well um I think the brands who have not pushed hard into the sale, sale, sale um, have impressed me more with their lack of content and understanding that white space is more important right now than filling the room with color. I agree. It also, it runs that, that risk of going too hard doesn't just piss them off. It potentially alienates and actually creates enemies out of those you're trying to sell to, which actually does more of a disproportional downside to you and the business in the long term. That's right. That's right. And I think that from a storytelling perspective, it's been the brands who 
are highlighting the people that are working right now. So all of the brands who are shouting out, the police are doing a great job, right? Oh, are, I want yeah. her on the show, Jess, Jess Bovey. She's amazing. I've never yeah, met good... her, but I've becoming a fan and I'm giving her I'm giving her mad social daps and props. As she is you see, she started last week's one. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. So so and she's she and that team do a fantastic job because they're also going, okay, how do we contextualize right now? Well, we'll put the context out to the community. And they're having young kids and people from all over New Zealand create content, which makes it feel like you or me are part of this. She is, yeah. Okay, no, I, I, it's that's good. So when do you? Mm. So at the back, at the back side of this, how do you think brands reposition the headspace and strategic thinking about how they approach social, comms, mm -hmm. marketing? You know what I love about you is your optimism, because <laughs> it sounds like you think people are actually going to change. <laughs> I'm a bit older than you, and I'm real cynical in my heart. Um, I, I am a radical optimist I've, I've i've just i've decided regardless is it the same thing of you know even if the i said a bunch of times that even if the house is burning down i'll be like oh i mean at least i had a house <laughs> it's fine i had a house and we got insurance we're going to be okay yeah same i've got a friend um called hannah hart and she believes in reckless optimism and i just love that that's just like the well, coolest it, thing it, right it, it's not, it's maybe naivety mixed with a little bit of stupidity. <laughs> it works <laughs> and we'll just call it optimistic. But I think if we, if we look at it like you and I do with rose colored glasses on the other side of this, I think we'll learn that the basics of brand that have always existed could never with digital and social and new comms channels be changed just because we had a little bit of a sweet fix of understanding a click or um, time on a web page. I think what brands who are very intelligent and who are reading the room well right now will realize is that when you tell stories and you're consistent in your human insight, you're consistent in your value to the, to the humans on the other side and you're consistent in how you show up in the world, then that story and what you said earlier, we're all interwoven. When we interweave our narratives into business, community and humans, People will buy from us. People want to care about something. So hopefully brands will go, how do we get people to care? What, is, it, what do we offer? Do you think it's past the tipping point now where it's not, I'm going to blast this in your face and you, by default, you're going to buy into it because there's nothing else. Now it's actually going to be like, you need depth to genuinely win and convert. And it's going to be a depth game now. I think for, I think most people who are in business understand that. However, I think with how expensive and how married to MarTech and um, digital technology people are, um, it's going to be hard to pull back kind of the, the layers and go, is it worth paying for all of this and shooting out optimized emails every 15 seconds to people who might want to buy a pink bunny, I don't know, fluffy robe versus some red galoshes? It's going to take a long time for traditional marketers and for businesses to understand that their brand is the most valuable thing they have. And agreed. And I untangling think... that's going to be hard. Yeah, um, we got a we got a question come through from uh, Gabby Gabby McLean. Question. Uh, uh, Gabby. Gabby says, uh, "How do you think companies can best come back from inadvertent damage they have done to their brand over the past few weeks?" And actually, I, I will jump in on this just real quickly before you answers. 
some of these brands, the decision actually hasn't been made from the brand, but the agency who's acted either creatively or distribution Ooh. on behalf, which is a separate puts on her lipstick. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. <laughs> and I don't, maybe we don't need to get into that exact thing, but maybe we need to, we need to touch on that because sometimes certain brands have been given. Um, a bad rap for something that actually they didn't specifically do, but had been greenlit or done from either, you know, creative or PR or activation or whatever the thing is potentially beneath. That's what one thing's, but, but still at the end of the day, if the middle did stuff up, the brand's still copying it. So, um, but yeah, so uh, how do you think companies can best come back from inadvertent damage they have done to their brand over the past few weeks? Hey Gabby, great question. Um, Inadvertent damage. I guess it depends. How long is a piece of string, right? I think the best thing that a brand can ever do is, is if and when you realize that something damaging has happened, is to automatically apologize for it and stop. You know, I've worked for some of the biggest brands in Australasia and and even across the world. Worked with some of the bigger brands, and the brands who are able to go, ah. Uh, we messed up and we are sorry about that. That is not what we intended, but we get it. We will do better next time. We will try better. Those are the brands where people go, okay, fair enough. We all mess up. The brands who go into language that doesn't take any ownership of their fuck ups or their mistakes are the brands where people go, they didn't even apologize. I won't yeah. be back. It's like stuff you. And you can yeah. you can tell if it's a, a worded email from a PR agency or from care from the top. There's, you can always sense. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can That's tell. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the most amazing thing for me with PR and kind of touching on the agency side of things that you mentioned, Rebecca, was that the PR agencies that instill all of their communications or their strategic content recommendations with heart and with reality um, are the ones that are winning right now. And there's a reason for that. You'll never read a LinkedIn post of mine that when you read it and you know me, you won't hear my voice. I will not ever try to smarten things up or dumb things down and good PR agencies do that on behalf of their clients. Same with good agencies. There was a point I think within the first two weeks where we went into stage four lockdown here in New Zealand, where you could see digital advertising and TV advertising that was obviously booked six months ago and hadn't been changed, that kind of tone deafness actually had me looking at the TV and going, oh fuck, why didn't everybody just stop everything for a day and go, let's look through these spreadsheets because we know they exist and go, how do we change a word here? How do we change an image? If you're asking people to create giant, huge Easter platters and have everybody around, not ideal, not reading the room because we can't. And the reality, and for those that don't know how that world works, is these things are booked out months in advance. The creative's already locked in, and part of the whole pa- payment cycle for how it all goes is, is this cash has already been spent and it needs to get out the door uh-huh. to be able to do it. So it's not in the platform's best interest to actually not run those ads because they don't get paid, already knowing that basically for quarter two, three, four, five, they're already stuffed anyway because no one's going to be spending anything. Mm-hmm. They want to get that out the door. And so what's probably happened has been this kind of long tail of bad advertising that hadn't yet been aired that actually aired at a time after which it probably should have but they've then i guess had to they not didn't have to someone was lazy and someone didn't make mm-hmm. the right call yeah and that's an interesting one even when you were talking about agencies specifically um putting things out earlier and maybe it not being the fault of a brand uh that they might have had some unintended damage i still feel like after being uh, you know in these halls of corporatism for many years that there is always somebody at the top 
who makes the decision on whether or not you go forward. So I don't think an agency can ever really wear any kind of reputational damage for a brand because the brand instills that agency either the right to always go forward and that trust or um, is the one who says, yeah, go for Mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Do you think at the end of it, the actual winner from comms will be Jess Bovey from NZ Police and then the government actually doing an epic case study on how to unify a nation? I think they will both do very, very well out of this. Um, I've been very proud, as uh, you know, Rebecca and some of the folks that know me. I um, previously worked at the Warehouse Group and the Warehouse Group had a bit of a a whoopsie-daisy as we went into this. Um, and I think that the brand itself and the humans behind the brands recovered beautifully well because they went and took, um, absolute, um, they just took responsibility for what happened and went, whoops, we made a, we made a mistake. We jumped the gun. We apologize. Uh, we'll let you know what's happening from here on out. And I thought they did a really good job, um, of recovering there. So I think there'll be a lot of winners, but it'll be. It'll be the people that understand where we sit on that hierarchy of needs. And right now it's survival. There's there's no other way to put it than we have to survive right now. Um, Do you think the ad game changes after this? It has to. How? I've been saying for years it has to change. What, what, do, what do you think? Like, Because now a lot of businesses right now are using this moment to like radically shift strategic thinking, uh, innovation mm-hmm. into new different products and services, creating efficiencies and uh, integration of technologies. Now is the time where all brave leaders are using this vehicle of COVID to be able to transform yes. the business. For agencies, for brands, what what would you, do you think should, what would you like to see happen? I think what I'd like to see happen is, and I don't know if you felt this way, but just take me for example, as a personal brand, going into this full, I had a full strategy for the year forward. <laughs> tore it up, threw it in the bin. Because when it comes down to it, uh, the biggest thing, uh, the biggest hit to your ego is when you realize that you're not essential <laughs> and you go, oh shit, um, if I can't survive or my brand can't survive or my products can't survive a time like this because we're not inherently valuable to others, then the big pivot from here on out is where do we make ourselves valuable? in the lives of other people. Because if we don't understand the purpose of us being here, other than for people just to buy shit continually over and over and over, then I don't think brands like that are gonna last in the future. I think this idea of consumerism gone wild is going to drastically, drastically um, decrease over time. So it'll be the the true value-based businesses. And if technology helps uh, for that value to continue, that'll be great. But I think it'll be more human focused. We're going to have a lot more community businesses, which is great. And then other people coming together to go, actually, um, while you might not be essential, here's how you can utilize your skills to help out the people that are. So I think the world is our oyster when it comes to helping each other and realizing it's not me, me, me. It's us now. It's a it's an interesting point because the reality is if these brands... And all these people that are, if, if they've realized that they've gone to zero, it's probably going to make a few of them question, will we actually even Why they exist? To, That's right. Do we need That's to exist? Right. Does this need to have to be a business? It's probably a, a ruthless reality check for a lot of, um, you know, businesses that have potentially been you know, not very self-aware or thinking about what they actually offer the world, if it's in that pro- a specific product and service, right? 
That's right. And I think you can unpack all of the pretty marketing speak or the flowery terms of, of you know, like, we exist to make New Zealand a better place. Like every company in New Zealand says that. <laughs> it's like, no, no. What are you actually putting back into the world? And if exactly like you just said, if if you can face your ego and your ego says, shit, this is hard because maybe we weren't needed in this way. Then I think there's a there's a pivots point. There's a there's a point where people can go, OK, I get it. Uh, we're going to change and we're going to change for the better. Yeah, that's a I had that one with um, one of the companies that I did like year, years ago and I thought it meant so much to so many. And then the day the day it stopped that I didn't get I, I didn't have one person ask me for months like yeah. what what happened because yeah. it's like yeah the world just moves on so fast and then you kind of sit That's there right. and then, then I kind of got a bit bummed I'm like wait a second this was this thing blah blah blah, blah. and I was like well it was it as big in my world but it was actually did it actually matter and yes it you know helped yeah. people blah, blah blah but you just kind of wonder for a few of those moments because the, the other one I was been thinking about I was talking to someone this morning about it actually before we came on the air was around you know there's been a few in the ecosystem who have been really loud over the last little while and then mm -hmm. they've got real quiet this last this last yeah. month like real yeah. quiet and so yeah. then i've been thinking about um you know what how this is actually shaking out a whole bunch of those who were loud with that didn't have substance or couldn't didn't have right. tangible things to pull into and been all of a sudden actually oh you know maybe they aren't so much the social flexes now that that it's all gone to zero and unfortunately they have to balance off the ego of potentially what they thought they had to the reality and that's once again a self-awareness question right which is pretty tricky for some it's really tricky and i can i can say in all honesty the last month so i think i'm going into week five now very very beginning of week five of working for myself and i you know like i said i had a plan i had a strategy everything was ready to go um it was supposed to be different but really what i've learned is through the like the loop-de-loops of this roller coaster ride i mean there's been a lot of tears it's been hard unpacking corporate life um, but what I've learned is that we're all actually right where we're supposed to be. And I feel like this is going to be the great learning moment of everybody's lifetime who's living through this right now. Because if it's so hard to just sit still, the cult of busy that we've all been living in has really fucked us up. Cult you know? of busy. That's an interesting one. Cult of busy. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? They're like, what are you doing, man? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, okay. Like, cool. What are you doing? Well, like stuff. Heaps cool. of emails. Like, Heaps of me, back, to back, got, back to back stock, back to backs. Back to back, back to meetings, back to backs. <laughs> back to back to and backs. then I do all my work from like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. and then 9 p.m. to 11. Like, no. Um, for me, it's been a real interesting one because um, where I thought I would be earning my money and where I thought, it, wow, I'm doing lots of quote figures today. Maybe they're bunny ears. <laughs> where I thought I'd be earning my money. Um, has completely changed. And what I've been leaning into more is teaching and workshops and those kinds of things. And oh my gosh, it's, it's been so much more fulfilling and my heart is so much more full for it. Um, and without this pandemic, maybe I wouldn't have known that. It's such an interesting one. Cause when you think of how you flip most of the time, people wouldn't be stressed on the commercial side of things as much because I guess they're in it and then all of a sudden you decide to jump out, this happens and then you have mm. to reshift everything. Right. So mentally, yeah. those mentally those that have been in a spot, you proactively jump before it went to zero. Those that and I'm that now. person who, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the person who all my friends were like, "You should go." Two years ago, and I was like, "No, no, I'm going to prepare for a zombie apocalypse." So, like, 
I didn't have to worry about finances, I guess is what I'm saying is because I saved and saved and saved knowing it would take a year to build a business. So, yeah. but the, the, the jump off, cause you're at an interesting point where you chose to jump when things were mm -hmm. good to do it. And then from what you thought that new world would be with the way it was to the new world of the new world, it weirdly enough, a lot of people would think it was actually a, a negative, but I am imagining that it's actually a moment that you can reset and reimagine the headspace of what you think these products and services that brands actually need. So I've been thinking of this idea of like PC, AC, pre-corona, mm -hmm. how business yep. was done after Corona, the new way for a, a new world of business that's changed mm -hmm. absolutely everything. And then yeah. I'm imagining for you, when you think, when you th think AC for after Corona, you're probably at a really interesting tipping point because there's not too, as many people who are already mentally in the, let's rebuild something from scratch after already being in it. So how's your headspace yeah. thinking about what, what marketing or brand looks like AC for where you think the opportunity potentially is? You know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I am um, a good friend of mine, Jonathan Waker, who's the chief marketing officer at uh, the warehouse group. I told him when I um, handed in my res my resignation that I wasn't even sure I wanted to do brand or content or marketing. Um, and he just, he kind of giggled at me and said, yeah, that's cool. I get that. Like, okay, uh, <laughs> okay, Casey. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he said. He's like, mm -hmm, okay, boo. Um, so the the after Corona, I feel for me, I feel really excited right now, Rebet, and I know that might sound weird um, because excited doesn't oh, mean yeah. completely positive all the time. It's, you know, sometimes it's scary as, as hell, but I feel super excited to see where things go because what I'm finding right now is really working again, is what my heart has said all along. And that's, if you can connect with people emotionally, if you understand humanity and context and the zeitgeist we're living through, then any brand can be built upon something of value. Um, and potentially my brother's a surgeon in Detroit and um, I recorded a podcast with him and I said, how can normal people help uh, the frontline staff, Rob, how can we help you? And I said, look, all I, you know, I'm a social media person halfway around the world and I didn't have an idea. And he, he looked me in the eyes and he's like, Cass, you've got a platform you need to tell people and help people and give the information that we've got. And then you're helping. And I went, damn it. He's always been smarter than me, Rebet. <laughs> doctors, man. Fucking doctors. Doctors. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I think the, the values of what employees will want out of businesses will change. I think the yes. leadership at the top um, will be exposed in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that they there's now this massive vehicle of why change can't be made and there's no excuses. So it's going to be very much used as a, well, we know we can move fast. So why don't we, I think, why don't we is right. going to be a huge part of, of these bigger businesses. Um, right. And then simultaneously, I think there's just going to be this mass, massive uh, headspace wave of helping those that don't understand this new world. Get there. Evolve, not transition, but like evolve yeah. um, to embrace what what can be instead of fearful even though it will be a fearful a fear-based economy i i don't want to see people in fear if that makes sense yeah well it's it's interesting that you said that because i got a few memes from some friends today um and it was about teachers and it was basically like hey kids your teachers are going to be scared shitless for the next few weeks because they are gen x and they are learning how to use this technology that they're going to have to teach you on so be kind to your teachers. And it was an interesting flipping of the narrative. And I feel the same way for businesses. The last few businesses I've worked for, I've had so much respect and time for the exec 
the men and the women who led the businesses I worked for uh, were inspirational and aspirational at both, both times. They were really good at going, um, oops, I made a mistake if they made a mistake, or they were also really good at going, shit, I don't know what this is, can you help me? Um, but still, I think you're right. There's gonna be a point where, where business leaders traditionally have to now either, as my grandmother would say, should or get off the pot because totally. leadership, you know, it's and, and, leadership and, and, is going to have to be fast. It's going to have to be agile and brands are going to have to be so well versed in their purpose that they can make mistakes and be okay. As long as it, I, I think, you know, it's that thing I say, it's like intent trumps all. If they know you meant well, but stuff it, and at yes. least you can front foot that, it's going to make it easier. I also think there's going to be the second wave that's going to be happening where there's all the basically overnight everyone had to to switch and go from online an offline to an online environment at every mm -hmm. single touch point which has probably never happened before in humanity and there's going to be all these leaks everywhere in every single business mm -hmm. and then so there's going to be this ridiculous wave of opportunity to fix those links new products new services all the rest of it and yeah. i've been thinking about this idea of you know how do you get that collective approach of ip especially in the tech the the in the, in the New Zealand tech ecosystem to use a collective approach to the problems instead of a million people trying to do a million different things. Yeah. That is, I, yeah. I think where there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, um, I just want the, the, the wave of this. Yes. A lot of people go back to business as usual, but that's not going to help us because I think there's going to be the next thing that happens. And if we're not built for that resiliency now, we, we will be, that's right. Stuffed. And it, the collective spirit, you just completely nailed that, right? It it feels like, and I feel like this has been unraveling anyways, this might have just really sped it up, is that for years and years when I would go out um, and speak on behalf of a business, I would get our heads of PR going, don't give away our secrets. And I used to go, we seriously don't have any secrets. Stuff like that. everybody out there knows the secrets. If I can give people a little like, fine tune or a tip or a trick that's worked or like a really cool platform that we use that helps with insights, then we're helping. And it's this collective push towards better business for all of us. So I think you're hundred percent right that the future is going to be a much more collective look at bettering the nation, bettering our communities, bettering our businesses, bettering our families, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and the people who bring them together, just like you said, and can bridge those gaps and bring those links together will be the helpers as well. I think folks like that will be uh, yeah. a huge boon to our society. I, I totally, totally agree. Especially when, yeah, even if you look at the political landscape, it's not us versus them, it's very much unified in the approach. And it's like, okay, well now that that's that moment, I, you know, I keep always saying it's like moment to movement. How do you turn that moment into the movement of what that next thing becomes? So then I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what of these, you know, platforms or collectives or whatever pops out of this that has alignment of purpose and unity of purpose for for the specific you know problems they're trying to solve and and the, the weight and the ip behind it i think that's going yeah to be I, a huge part for new zealand's next wave yeah i saw a post that you put up the other day about uh the media landscape and then woke up this morning to um mm. nz me having to let go to 15 let, let go of 15 percent of their workforce and for me it was like the best that I could do not to just sit and weep because I loved my time at NZME and the people there uh, are just like fun of, you know? Um, so that's, that's really hard. But then you think, okay, then my brain went straight into that. Okay. How do we get together and help people? What do we do? How can we start to build out new connective tissue 
with, you know, what does NZ Megan look like? What is stuff going to do? How's RNZ going to fit together? What's, you know, TV and Z going to do? How's the spinoff and the newsroom and everything going to all come together, at least in small little moments to main to maintain and ensure uh, New Zealand gets the kind of entertainment and journalism we need. Um, I mean, so it went from a real like low to how do we build this? Yeah, but 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 on on that on that right. So I've had you know obviously we we were on similar sort of brain circles around this media space, and someone said to me, "Mate, it's not that Corona made this thing broken. It's been broken. This just amplified mm -hmm. it publicly and sped up what was going to potentially happen. But the problem's yeah. still the same. The model is broken, and no one's got a solution yet to to you know." scale it up and actually make it make money and because I, I was thinking that the example i was given is you know right now people are at home and they're, they're on their cell phones and and the data that's coming through this thing the telcos are winning but then the content that they're streaming the businesses are losing so how is it that on yeah. the exact same device one is totally going up and one is totally going down yeah. when they're consuming the same amount you're consuming more data and consuming more content but the money of the, the content machine is actually going down so his point was actually uh I don't care about all of it. All the weak links are going to die anyway because they haven't addressed the actual problem, which is the model is broken. And I was like, huh. And again, the model has been broken for a long, long time. And that's, that is just, that has just been a really hard um, thing to watch unfold. And by model, I mean, you know, trying to make money off the of news. It's, it's always been, you know, in the old days, it was how do we sell more papers, right? Sell, 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 because you need to fund it. And then digital hit, and then it was like, oh, holy shit, um, we've got to sell eyeballs. So then to sell eyeballs, you go on this rabbit hole of, of shitty content. and bullshit and, That's and right. automatic pre-roll, 15-second cut-down TVC shit just to hit their numbers. And you them. lose trust, right? They've lost trust for years and years and years. But that, for me to, to have worked there and to have seen the humans who are creating and who are doing the reporting and who are actually helping to, to productize the news, as it were, I know they're smart, but it, it's hard. It's scary. And I think your friend's right. It was inherently broken. Now's the time that we can look together collectively to fix it. Do you think Bauer, so my prediction, even I said last last week when I was on with um, Ellie Strang and John Bauer, I was like, I don't, I, John um, Baker, I said, I don't think Bauer's going to be the first. At mm -mm. All. So it becomes, what are those next dominoes? And then when it all resets, and yes, there'll be some, condol some consolidation, yes, there'll be some buyouts some some different, you know, flipping m a activity how do you think this this plays out in the new zealand media landscape with the with the companies you've got a pretty good eye on these things oh god i wish i had a crystal ball to tell you the truth i actually wish i could gaze into it and and give you the answer i'm not sure uh, when it comes down to it it's going to be um the golden rule right he or she with the gold is going to rule in the beginning because they'll be able to fund the content they'll be able to um get it out into the right channels, but also it's gonna be those who have the trust will rule. So it might be that um, a trusted influencer, and by influencer, I actually mean someone with influence, um, <laughs> comes and works with a brand that perhaps they haven't in the past. And then somebody who's in entertainment goes, okay, I can bring a real different kind of voice to a potentially different kind of, of media publication. and it might be that people actually have to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and go, how do we build something new instead of um, continually adding pieces to Frankenstein's monster? That's a great way to put it because, you know, at the end of the day, 
people are consuming. There's different models, you know, there's a Patreon thing popping up. There's all these other like ways that you can do it. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of wondering is, you know, the people at the bottom that are the actual people that matter, shouldn't they be at the top? Platforms shouldn't be. So what would that look like, people first? Because I mean, the reality is, you know, billions and or millions and millions and millions of dollars getting spent across all these different platforms. And there's a lot of really, really smart people. But right now, as we talk, after all these smart things and whatever, we're looking at sh uh, share prices, which have been probably lower than ever. We're looking at uh, yeah. redundancies, businesses closing down, all the rest of it. So it's not that the people aren't smart. It's actually this this game is di is different now. Is these different things at play? And I just kind of I I wonder and I I hope that um, not brave thinking, but brave action can actually maybe try yes. to show us some new things. Not brave thinking, stuff to brave thinking. There's enough thinking going on. It's like, but yeah, we're, we're losing, right? Like what people? That's right. Yeah, it's this. People aren't making stacks on this content game, but we're consuming more content than ever. Please, someone tell me, what is wrong? <laughs> I think the fact is that the content is, to be honest, and like brutally so, is most of the content is subpar. And that's not media content. That's across the board. People are putting things out. I even saw, and I've been really liking Gary Vee lately. I know you and I've talked about this before, but I saw this morning, he literally wrote on um, LinkedIn that you have to put lots of stuff out and then get the data and see what sticks, right? So it's like, throw shit on the wall, see what sticks, then take that and continually push that. And I was like, no, 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 no. You've been talking about quality for so long and now you're literally telling people, create, 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 try a comic, try a video, try, and like, I get what he's saying. I understand how algorithms work, so yeah. But also that just means LinkedIn, which was a beautiful place, is now kind of, it's just filling up with a whole lot of average content and you just as a, a voice of influence put that out to a lot of people who are like yes i'm gonna create all kinds of stuff and i'm like mm -mm, well what nah. ha what happens i feel has been happening is that now especially with this those who haven't had um those who have never cared about others are making it look like all of a sudden in this last four weeks they really care about everyone else to add value and this weird thing exactly what you talked about before is building brand and trust and authenticity it's hard for those who genuinely are authentic but haven't realized the true power of social mixed with those who don't actually give a shit but now they have to hustle and try and become an influencer yeah. on social media so they can try and sell some shit is yeah is a funky tension so it's almost this this big wave of um there's a documentary called Push, Pause, Play. It's one of the greatest documentaries I've watched. And it talks about, you know, this idea when if every single person cre creates, it, it does nothing but create a bunch of gray and mush if they talk about the exact same things. And so yep. what you need is that filter, which eventually is the end consumer that actually deems it value with cream cream rose into the top, right? Um, and what I've what I've seen a lot in this probably last couple of years is those that um, drunk their own Kool-Aid to think they're brave enough to be the loudest think that instantly that makes them the smartest instead of the quiet weapons who maybe can t rob campbell he doesn't go and talk shit or do any video but he types the format yeah. is 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 people think oh just because you need to do a video that makes you smartest because he loves it's like no no there's so many other mm -hmm. ways to get out there and so what i think is happening is i'm getting i'm excited because lots of good new creativity is coming to the forefront lots of great thinking yes. is coming out but i'm also being a little bit um uh, surprised to the amount of people who all of a sudden are trying to add value to the community that have only just popped up and you can see from the timestamps yeah. of their social and you can yeah. see where it's been updated and whatever so part of it gets me um a, a bit disappointed but net net i think it's going to be good because more cream's going to rise to the top i feel i agree and i personally what this has been a really good lesson in um self-awareness for me because 
I can feel like sometimes even, I guess, maybe it's even just being at home. And maybe that's why people are doing a lot more of the shouting and the hustle and all of that kind of stuff because they're home more and they're able to. But for me, I've been really, really cognizant of writing a post and before I put it out on any of the channels um, that I wanna put it out on, who is this helping? Is it gonna be any different to what anybody else is saying? Why would anybody give a fuck? If I read this and it was written by someone I didn't know, would I care? Would this uplift me? Would I feel good? How? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, I don't post. And sometimes that just means like, oh, okay. So what I was actually looking for was just a little bit of connection. So then I step away from my computer and I go, you know, I call a friend, I'll live stream with you, do something that, so that's you know, creative, a creative, a connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and do you, are you actually creating because you need connection or do you, yeah. That, that, so my one yeah. has always been like add, add value or subtract yourself. Like that's it, exactly it. It's just yeah. like, I, I think, and I've and obviously like, this thing of like, it's like, yeah, but, but why it's like, if don't just say it to say it, there's always gotta be a thing. And um, that's exactly yeah. what every brand should be doing right now. That is, there is no other rule to business right now other than add value. Yeah. hundred percent. Or subtract yourself. Mm -hmm. On that note, we've got to go. I'm going to go and play with my two daughters. Going to chuck my trampoline or do something cool for the next little bit. Oh, trampoline time. Yeah, I think so. This has been awesome. What's the weather like in Cali? Um, today it's, it's warming up actually. Warming up. We're starting to come into spring here. So I've, I've kind of missed my... Um, yeah, I got my, my timings for some flights. I think I made the right call in certain things. Like I made the call right to, to not come back before they were going to do that the lockdown by four hours. And then I was here and then we got locked down two days. But, <laughs> you know, what do you Well, we do? were supposed to be on a plane home today um, to, to head on to California for a week and then Vegas. But uh, oh, it's Vegas. someday. I had, a, I had a Vegas trip that was supposed to be last last week. I think we had yeah. we planned, booked. It was going to be ridiculous. <sighs> But you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get we'll get back there. Um, Cassie, right. if people want to um, check uh, you out, CR and Co, um, what you're into, what you're about, and want to connect up, yeah. what's the best way they can do it? Feel free to plug away um, now. Sure, hit me up on the LinkedIn. I would love to meet you guys. Um, Cassie Roma on LinkedIn, Cassie Roma on Instagram, and uh, my business pages are CR Ampersand Co, CR and Co, or Cassie Roma Company, and. Um, it'd be good to connect. That's what we need more of right now. I agree. Always love our banter. Miss you, Cassie. I miss you too, man. Oh, good banter. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back. We'll get you back. <laughs> let's, let's talk content some other time. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> love your work. Be safe. We go to hide a wife and I'll talk to you soon. Eh? You too. See you, buddy. See ya. Bye. Oh, good human. We'll leave it at that. See you soon, too.